In today's world, it is confusing and difficult to obtain the necessary things to ascend. I would like to share with you my inner circle and team where we are all consciously ascending. Through health, wellness, nutrition, and financial means, there is no boundary or limit that my team can't achieve. Upgrade your network, upgrade your health, upgrade your finances. Healthy mind, healthy body, healthy soul. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Ascension Show. Today, we've got roundtable number two. I'm so stoked to have this conversation with these lovely people. Today, returning, we have Andrea and Theodora. And I've also got my good friend Dylan Ross joining me today. So I would like for all the guests to give a quick little introduction about themselves and just something interesting about them that they think the audience would like. So I want to start with the ladies. Uh, Andrea, would you mind going first? Yes. Um, thank you again, Stephen, for having me on. Excited to be here again. A um, little fun fact about me, I guess you could say, um, I am a an integrative nutrition health coach, and I would like to say I'm also a very big fan of biohacking. Um, so that's a little, like two little fun facts about me. Cool. Awesome. Um, Theodora, will you go ahead and share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I am Theodora. I'm from Australia. I am an online nutritionist, the creator of Healthy and Happy. And a little interesting thing about me is that sometimes when I get a little too cold, like I'll start hiccuping. That's just something random that came to mind. Interesting. I like, like it. Like a little, we, little start effect from the cold. Yeah. Okay. And we got two nutritionists in the in the call, which is great. I like that dynamic. And then Dylan, give us an introduction about yourself, man. Uh, my name is Dylan Ross. Uh, my stage name is Dylan Freaking Ross. So you can find me on all socials uh, with that. But um, I am a an artist and an entrepreneur. Um, I play guitar and I'm learning how to sing. You can find me on Spotify and yeah, I'm CEO of ruthlessdreamers.com, which is a an apparel company, um, that is all about freedom and I'm turning it into the world's greatest coaching company. So I'm, I'm accumulating conscious leaders actively for this project. Yeah. I love it, man. I love the vision. I love that you're spearheading that, um, and so I think this will be a great place to start off our discussion. Dylan, where did you get the inspiration for Ruthless Streamers and what kind of steps like did you start taking from then? And how do you like want to connect with leaders and stuff? And I feel like these two lovely ladies could become like a great part of the Ruthless Streamers because they're um, very tapped into their feminine nature. And I'm wondering how you're willing to bridge that gap too. And I know that your girlfriend is also very into nutrition and stuff so how could these how could we build these connections here um so your question is how do i have we... like three questions yeah here give me one at a time i'm not okay. sharp let no, me just get one at a time bro. okay it's cool number one where did you get the inspiration for ruthless dreamers um so that's a great question dude i 
I think the the best way to answer that is growing up. Actually, I'll tell you a story to illustrate my point. So when I was in the first grade, I discovered ACDC, right? The, the world's most famous band, ACDC. And I just remember watching their guitar player, Angus Young, just be this sweaty, hot mess rolling around on stage, ripping nasty guitar solos. And I was like, I want to do that so bad, so bad more than anything. I want to do that. I was just in love with the guitar as an instrument since I was in diapers. Like I was hanging off my dad's stereo dancing. Right. And so I knew that I wanted to do that since day one. And, but what I was told going through um, the indoctrination camps was that you'll never amount to anything little boy, unless you become a doctor, dentist, lawyer, or join the military, right? And of course, I'm condensing all this, because it was a long life of being told what to do and what not to do. Um, and so I was like, Oh, well, the one thing I know for sure, I really want to do, I can't do. And all this other stuff makes absolutely no sense to me. It's not in alignment with my soul. And that just led to an agonizing amount of pain and self-destructive habits, you know, like I started doing a lot of drugs and drinking and that was my form of escapism. Cause I was like, Oh, I can't do the one thing I want to do. And it just led to a bunch of pain. And, and that led to me hurting the people that I love the most. And eventually uh, the people I love the, the most decided they didn't want to have anything to do with me. And I look at all that as like, that was a result of me not being encouraged to do exactly what my soul is calling me to do. And so over my awakening period, I decided I don't want to do anything else anymore, except encourage people to do exactly what they want to do and help them see through the lines of society and tap into their soul's purpose and really dig deep within themselves to find out what it is they're here to do at this time on earth and uh, encourage them to do that and be that. And so Ruthless Dreamers, it, the name kind of came to me randomly and I, and I just thought it was pretty good because ruthless by definition kind of means like without compassion for others which is not at all what i'm about but as far as the name of the brand i want people to be ruthlessly committed to themselves without worry of the opinions of others you know and i want yeah and i want them to not be scared to express it and go all in on whatever it is and so that's that was kind of the shortest way I could put that um, for the inspiration behind ruthless dreamers. Yeah, no, that's beautiful, man. Um, and we can get more in depth in depth on our, um, on our one-on-one, but I also want to know the steps that you're taking to kind of move this forward. And then I got one more question for you after that, that I, then we can bring the ladies in. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You froze up a little bit, but you're good, dude. So, the steps that I'm taking are constantly educating myself um, through, you know, my intuitive spiritual practices, like spending time in nature and meditation and experimenting with my diet. 
also, um, uh, you know, listening to a lot of people I look up to studying auto autobiographies and stuff and looking at people who have done similar things to what I'm trying to do and just kind of get inside their head a little bit and see what they've done that I could do better, you know? Um, so that's one thing I'm doing. And another thing is, um, I really like the idea of action becoming clarity because everyone's so confused and like, Oh, I don't know how to start and I don't know what to do. And, you know, they, there's so many mental blockages that will stop people. So my approach is like, just start and don't stop. So like I've literally launched this company with absolutely no education around business whatsoever. And I just started clicking buttons. I put a lot of money into it. You know, I watched a few YouTube videos and what do you know, I have a fully functioning apparel company after a few months of that. Right. So action for clarity is another step. Um, and then aside from that, I'm, I'm trying to connect with as many people as possible that I can either help them live a better life or they are already incredibly purpose-driven and I want them to join my team in one way or the other or just simply support them in what they're doing, you know? Yeah, dude, that's amazing. Um, and then I guess that goes really well with the next question that I have to ask. So I'm wondering, what what role do people like these lovely ladies here have to play into kind of what your pro project is because from my understanding your girlfriend is very similar to these ladies in terms of you know holistic health and um women kind of more of the women's side of things um and then also i guess someone uh like like myself who is more tapped into the masculine side and that's also very passionate about helping people so uh as far as the ladies go um i'm not completely tapped in into my feminine yet i'm working on it so i'm mostly just going in on this masculine energy side of things um as far as the business goes but what the ladies can do to contribute to the mission itself which is really just to elevate humanity and bring down babylon you know is just continue to educate themselves and treat their bodies with, with respect and don't abide by any rules or laws that conflict with their morals, values, and ethics and lead with purpose, lead by example, lead with integrity. And if you, know, you can step into that kind of power, we're already on the same team and we can just contribute to each other by being friends, you know? Yeah. And that's and, awesome. That, well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and as far as the masculine side of things, Stephen, for you, um, you know, we're already doing business together by spreading nutrition and wellness to as yeah. many people as possible, uh, helping them understand the importance of holistic health and lifestyle. Um, so keep doing what you're doing. And Thanks. when you feel like you have enough experience and credentials, you can join uh, Ruthless Dreamers as a coach and lead people through your practices. Because the way I see it is I'm one person who's very unique and I'm not going to be able to re resonate with everybody, which means I'm not going to be able to help as many people as I want to. 
but I can certainly help the people that are drawn to me and my energy. And so the whole point is to accumulate conscious coaches that can also attract, you know, people essentially. And, uh, and just help as many people as possible. Cause you're going to be able to add so much value to so many people that I can't and vice versa. Right. Sure. And I think that's kind of how coaching goes. I know Theodora, you have, you're very uh, adamant about your coaching. Like you're posting a lot about it. So kind of from more of feminine side, how, how does that work for you and how, how kind of can you relate to Dylan in that regard? Yeah. So I suppose I can relate in the terms that you're going to attract certain people based on your energy. So with any sort of profession really, but especially with like a coaching sort of side of things, you know, if you take into consideration, let's just say like a psychologist, they can be working with a number of people, right? But you're probably going to get the best out of that coaching experience if you, on an energetic level, vibe and understand that coach. So that connection you have, that relationship you have with that person, not just the information and the knowledge they are providing you and giving you and that support it's just it's it's that level of energetic connection that you might not be able to see with the eye that I think is really it's a really important aspect of it so you're going to find you know you can that's why a lot of people end up going to a lot of different like psychologists because you know they might all be saying roughly the same things and giving the same sort of information but once you find one that you really click with, that's when things might, you know, actually click within yourself. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's very resonant to find someone that is able to, to vibe with your energy and, you know, not everyone is compatible in, in relationships and professional environments and friendships. So I think that's really great. And uh, we've had a new guest come in a little late, Matthew, if you just give us a short introduction about yourself and something cool, uh, maybe where you're based out of and stuff. This is um, since this is your first time on the show. What's going on, guys? I'm excited to uh, be on the show. This is this is awesome. Uh, I'm yeah. sure you guys have a lot of knowledge and stuff I can learn from you guys. So um, I am located in Tucson, Arizona. Currently, I go to the University of Arizona, um, and I would say my spiritual journey started probably three or four years ago. Um, and I think like a lot of people, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like planned. Like I'm going to, my third eye is going to fucking bust open like, like this. And then we're going to, you know, do these things. We're going to start eating healthy. And then no, like it wasn't planned at all. It just kind of, um, happened. And I'm, I'm beginning to realize that most of my life is, is not me it's it's most of it is some type of higher power and i would i would be uh, interested in hearing some of your thoughts on that um i would say that we are spiritual beings living a material existence and we were summoned into this life based on our past karmic experiences and our relationship to the divine and basically all of our actions that we had put forth prior are the reason we're here today because it's an energy exchange and it's a cycle. Um, and that's kind of just like my opinions and based on like the things that I've read and the people that I've talked to and stuff. And I think 
there's a great I think there's a great reason for kind of accepting like Christian beliefs, but it kind of goes to an extent where they it's it's maybe it's been tampered with or things have just been lost through translation. But when you explore Eastern philosophies and you get down to Christianity at the core, you can really see a lot of parallels, especially between when you look at like the the teachings from Jesus, right? That's kind of what Christianity is. Um, and so I think kind of through like em- embodying the lifestyle that Jesus lived, you can kind of go through like you were, you were this person. And then when you become saved or you have that elevated consciousness, that old person dies and you have the second life, which is resonant to like Jesus dying and coming back to life. Um, so that's kind of how I see it in my opinion. I am. I like to see it. Like, I believe that we die multiple times during our like conscious, like waking life. That's how I like to see it. Yeah. I love that. I, I haven't heard that said like that before. That's great. I feel like um, as you're growing up, you're, you're, this person that you were in childhood dies. And that's why teenage years are so hard because you're like being, you're like turning into a man, turning into a woman. And you're like trying to find yourself and find friends and discover who you are and why the fuck you're here. And like that version of you is dying. And then the person that you are today is completely different from the person that was when you were in an adolescence like i look back and i think that steven is dead that steven <laughs> like I, it's not that's not me anymore um but i, and wanna... I think that's why a lot of people become like so those are the years especially where a lot of people feel so lost like those teenage years yeah and they're I trying think... to figure out who they are and they might in that phase start like adapting and becoming more like someone else because they're confused and it's just it's a whole whirlwind yeah, I want to hear from Andrea. Yeah, I, uh, oh, there's a lot of things that I was contemplating of like jumping in and like talking, but I'm like, I love hearing everyone's stories and where they, how they got to where they are today. And um, Theodora did mention something when um, you kind of basically attract, like, let's say clients in this case or people on your path when you are on a certain wavelength and it made me remember um how I got to this place in the first time in the first place because um when I first started getting like um a lot of my health issues I would go to the doctor and the doctors were just very like they weren't really good active listeners and they were kind of just you know not really in tune with my concerns in general And I felt so disconnected from them to the point where like I had to take my health into my own hands. And that's when I was, I was still in college during this time. And I was very conflicted because my degree was tailored to like pharmaceutical research and all things drug manufacturing. And I started learning about the drug industry and the FDA and the USDA. And I started to realize like, this is not my life path like this is not what I want to do for a living and I was a senior in college when this awakening happened um, because of my own health issues and as soon as I graduated I enrolled in at IIN to be like a health coach to learn more about holistic health and how I could you know help heal myself because I was so interested 
and how I could, you know, change my life. Cause obviously the doctors weren't doing it and I felt so alone. And it was just like this whole whirlwind of like being in unalignment with people around me. So I kind of had an ego death at this time and I was graduating college and it was just, it was very overwhelming because everything in my life, this was also during COVID. So like COVID had hit my senior year of college. So everything was just kind of like falling down. And it was just, I was hearing a lot about controversial like health opinions and learning about my own health. So I was just in a very tough time, but um, I was told that, and it's still, it still stays with me today that you have to fall really low in order to jump really high. And that's something I think about all the time because when we go through a lot of deaths in our life, we have to realize like, we're only going to get better if we decide to, like we have all the power to create our life and um, letting, you know, your reality dictate like what your decisions are going to, what decisions you're going to make um, doesn't really, what's the word? Um, basically you get to create your reality is what I'm saying. And through this, entire time um I was awakening spiritually and emotionally and mentally like there were so many life transitioning moments happening here um and I'm still growing I'm still healing like this was about four years ago and I've been interacting and connecting with people online and creating friends like it's actually incredible how once you are tapped into your energy and your soul's purpose the universe kind of just provides you people that are operating on the same wavelength. So it's, it's actually very beautiful because if you were to ask me like three or four years ago, I would be here today. I'd be like actually amazed because I actually chose the life that I'm living now. Um, and I was operating on autopilot back then because I was basically listening to, you know, what society wanted me to do. Like, Oh, I, um, resonated with what Dylan said about like oh you have to be a lawyer or a doctor or you know whatever to be successful but you really don't like I was going to school to become a pharmacist and that did not align with my soul's purpose and I took like a whole 180 when COVID hit um so it's just really really incredible to see how there are people out there that are on your same wavelength you just have to tap into your own energy in order to find them yeah that's really well said i think like internalizing a lot of stuff and seeking within to work on yourself and cultivate that and ascend yourself uh, really helps you bring out that energy and then you know when you're putting that out you're going to attract people emitting the same energy and i kind of want to piggyback off what you said about ego death uh, matthew i saw your tiktok about ego death i think today or yesterday and how you can really open pandora's box like with ego death especially if you're taking psychedelics and you really lift a veil when you when you do that and so i kind of want to hear your opinion or maybe expand on those thoughts that you shared in that video were you talking about the mushroom or the psychedelic video? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh man, it's an interesting topic for sure. I, I mean, 
it's such a mystery how why psychedelics are here, why they affect us the way they affect us. But basically, in my experiences with mushrooms, I've taken I've only taken mushrooms. Um, they cause they they I mean, so Ramdas says, or maybe it was his guru that said it. But when you take a psychedelic, you get to experience God in in that amount of time but you should get to the point where you can experience God, you know, without the psychedelic. So I think what he means by that is, you know, mushrooms will make you ultra present, ultra uh, non-ego, just no judgment whatsoever. And you're basically only seeing love. And so that is God. And then when you get off of it, you, you need to take those lessons and learn from them. You can't just like keep going back to the drug or the medicine to, to experience that again, you have to um, implement it actually into your life. So that's kind of what I was saying. And as, as it is an ego death during that, and it should cause an ego death in real life too, not, not only just from the actual experience. Yeah. You want to take what you learn and, and apply it to like your life and, make some changes because it just like makes you rethink stuff and it's like oh fuck i have to change this and oh, fuck, i have to do better at this and uh like it makes you rethink stuff something that, that i always experience and i don't know if anyone else can resonate with this but when i'm in that state of mind i think about all the people in my life and i'm like oh my god i'm so grateful that i met them or oh like i i really need to call this person or oh like I'm just really happy that I met that person or like, God, I love that person so much. Um, and I think it kind of goes back around with what you said about like love being the only thing you experience. And I think it's a great release to feel that too, because you can get really caught up on the, like the bullshit with life. And um, you know, there's, there's love going around, but it's, it's like when you're in the thick of stuff and you're not really focused on it, it's hard to notice it. So when you're in that state of mind, it really helps you tap back in. So yeah, awesome, awesome. And uh, Dylan, I wanna I wanna hear your perspective on on kind of the spiritual God stuff. If there's anything that's kind of resonated with you. Well, damn, dude. I mean, which direction do you want to take that? <laughs> Any direction, man. You choose whatever comes to mind. Well, just you know, that's a that's a long that's a long one, but I'll just it, it tell you how I got into it and that'll help un help you understand my thoughts yes. around it. Um, so in 2018, I went on a mountain biking excursion in Alaska and, uh, this was around the time I was learning how to live life sober without, you know, substances. And, uh, and I had a real bad injury on the mountain. I ripped my scapula off my rib cage and, you know, for reasons that I don't have to explain to you guys, the last place I wanted to be for my healing was the hospital. And it was very scary because I couldn't move the entire right side of my body. But I knew that I had to stand firm in my beliefs, which were I'm not going to support such a satanic system and I'm not going to give them thousands of dollars to lie to me and pump me full of God knows what and give me false information. So 
I did a lot of praying. And back at this time, I was like anti-God, or I shouldn't say anti-God. I grew up Christian, so I was very anti-spiritual talk in any form because I was like, that's dumb, you know? I just didn't experience God in my life the way that I thought God worked, if that makes sense. Um, so anyway, I, yeah, I ripped my scapula off my rib cage and I, I was out of work and I was stuck in the Alaskan mountains and I was like, what the hell am I going to do? I was really horrified. So I did a lot of praying without even understanding what that was supposed to be or do for me. I just, it was all I had at the moment. And so through prayer, I started, um, you know, getting my mobility back. I had, I was really, really weak, but I was starting to be able to move my arm. And I, once I could walk comfortably, or at least without crying and pain, <laughs> I started just walking endless miles in the mountains every day, like literally 10 to 20 miles in uh, the mountains. And if, if you guys are familiar with Alaska, the place I was walking was a little town called Girdwood in the Chugach Mountains. Um, but what happened was I went from taking a lot of substances and eating a lot of shitty food and drinking a lot of beer to raw vegan diet and literally spending every hour of sunlight in the mountains. So I went from like being fully submersed in society to fully submersed in nature. And that was a radical switch for me. And I just felt like an insane amount of like clarity and joy and gratitude and just weird, overwhelming feelings of bliss come through my, ex through my being based on these experiences. And I remember, like, I always look back at that time because I, I'm sure I sounded crazy to everybody I was trying to explain what I was going through to. And a lot of them, or some of them, I guess, were like, I think Dylan's back on the drugs, you know, just because I was so overjoyed with life and thankful about everything. And meanwhile, I can't even move my arm and I should be horrified because I don't have any medical advice, you know. Um, but just that experience was like the tip of the iceberg. I started to like really go deep with meditation and really experiment with my diet and really um, – believe in the power of prayer and use it on a daily basis from there and uh, that just led me to being able to intentionally tap in and out of states of consciousness that I didn't even know existed and uh you know to to keep it condensed that's what I'll I'll leave it at that's how I got started and that's kind of my beliefs is that you know with a healthy body you can have a healthy mind. And when you connect the two, you can go right up to source with it. So that's what I say. Healthy body, healthy mind, healthy soul. Um, yeah. I love to say that and tell it, that to people too. Yeah. And the, actually, let me just add this on really quickly because this is something I love to share with people that based on my experiences, I believe this wholeheartedly. And I don't think there's an argument that could sway my, my belief on this at this point. Um, but when you think about the body being a temple for the soul, right? And when you intoxicate the body so much, your soul can't reside in it because it's literally a temple for the soul. And a, the temple should be a sacred spiritual place. And so, and I'm, I'm very familiar with this because I spent a lot of my life doing drugs, right? So 
when you intoxicate the body so much, the soul has to leave. And the most common way to explain this in society is that like, when you consume enough alcohol, you literally black out, you stop remembering everything. And what happens in that, in that state is your, your soul has left your body and it's replaced with something else, which the Arabics call al-kul, translated into English as alcohol, means body eating spirit. Um, and so when you're replaced, when your soul is replaced with al-kul, your voice changes, your desires change, your personality changes, and you become something else, which is why you see people blacked out, like acting like crazy people, right? And so, uh, so yeah, that's the most extreme case that I've experienced is just consuming a bunch of drugs and alcohol and literally having my soul leave my body. So if you look at it on the other end of the spectrum, which is mm. you only put the purest foods in your body, you live in the best environment possible based on nature, you drink the cleanest water, the exact opposite will happen. Instead of your soul leaving your body, it will become in alignment with your body. And that's another way of, you know, shooting directly up and connecting to source. So that's the last thing I wanted to say on that. No, it's beautiful, man. I'm glad you could share that and bring that to us because it's super insightful for me. And I got a lot out of that too. But um, I wanted to swing this over to Andrea and or not, not Andrea, sorry, Theodora, because you talk a lot about on your story about meditation. And I know you have some meditation stuff at the beach. So I want to kind of see, talk about your experience with meditation and how that's helped you in your spiritual journey. Yeah, so only I would say recently, I've been really getting into meditation. I've found that for me personally, I can tap into that meditative zone uh, more easily, pretty much like a few minutes after I wake up or a few minutes before I go to sleep. And I think that's because generally our brainwaves are more, uh, what is it, like alpha and theta instead of... Um, I think so. Yeah, I think that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, so it's just easier to sort of tap into that. But so what I've been introducing down in my community at the beach is I like to call Soulful Sundays. So it's a free community event where anyone is welcome to come down to the beach and I hold like a short, what I like to call wave meditation. So I find that the sound of waves to like connect me with myself it's it's hard to explain but like just listening to the sounds of the waves is like such a calming present like it brings me back to the present moment so that's why I wanted to bring that whole meditation community to the beach and I found after running a few sessions that it resonates with a lot of other people too because during the week I find that a lot of people are like you know active up and go always busy they don't have any time to just even like check in with themselves ask themselves some questions ask themselves how they're feeling sit with their thoughts sit with their feelings their emotions so bringing that aspect back to people I think helps them sort of discard any you know 
negative energy blocks that they may have accumulated during the week and then they can go into their Monday feeling a lot more energized, refreshed. Um, but I also think meditation is very, it's a very individual process. Like there's no one correct way to meditate in my eyes, if that makes sense. Like you don't have to do the typical yes. sitting cross-legged, your hands are on your knees. Um, it's, yeah, you, you got to find a, a way that really connects to you and where you feel like you can naturally start feeling that energy. Yeah, I think it's important to understand that life is a meditation and how you can kind of tap into that once you realize life is a meditation. And also, like for me personally, I like to sit in stillness and practice stillness meditation where you actually do sit and like, you know, cross-legged and sit there, try not to move. And then the only thing that's moving is your thought stream. And after a while, you can kind of sit there and listen for listen to your thoughts or see your thoughts. And you can begin to ask yourself, what will my next thought be? Listen for the space in between thoughts and kind of harness in on that period in time where you don't have a thought quite in your stream. And then as you practice, you can bring that space into your conscious stream and have no thoughts and sit in complete stillness. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like at least when I have practiced, it seems like it's like an actual stream of thoughts coming across my conscious. So like I'm sitting there and I have like a thought and I'm like, I entertain it. And I'm like, wait, I'm not supposed to do this right now. And like it, it, you really start to detach yourself from your thoughts too, because you're like, oh, where are these coming from? Because you're not manifesting them. You're kind of just like watching them come. And so that's also really good for helping you like detach from your thoughts and like reprogram and uh, realize, okay, which thoughts are coming from me and which aren't like, which are coming from my experiences and all the past stuff that I've been through. Um, so I encourage anyone to like, think about it for a second and like sit with their thoughts and understand, okay, which thoughts are mine and which thoughts are, are mine. And then also think about the space in between thoughts where you can really harness in on that stillness because it's done a lot for me and just being present in day-to-day -day life being present like okay looking at my hands and seeing what's around me and being present in conversation and just around people in general and being present like if you're at the beach or if you're in the mountains or on a hike or something it really helps and I don't know if anyone wants to chime in and build off of that I can add something, um, mm -hmm. something that really helps me when I'm meditating. Cause sometimes, um, it, it's a little challenging for me to get into that headspace if I'm, you know, busy, but usually when I get anxious and I'm at work, um, I have, um, some time to, uh, reflect when I go, um, well, little background story. Um, I work at a health and wellness place. So we have like those red light panels um, where you can just kind of, you know, sit between two panels and kind uh -huh. of stay. So usually when I find myself really anxious or, you know, overwhelmed, I'll take a few minutes and I'll just go in and I'll close my eyes and I'll be between like those two red light panels. And it's, it's actually really, really cool to see um, at least for me, when I'm meditating and I'm doing something that's actually like helping my body, like for instance, like red light is really good for, you know, 
mental clarity and brain fog and, you know, collagen production and all that and skin health. So when I'm in, you know, an environment where I know I'm helping my body, it's really easy for me to go into a more meditative space because around me, I'm, I'm in an environment where I'm helping myself and that makes me really happy. So when I'm in an environment where I'm really happy, it's really easy for me to get lost in my thoughts because I feel safe. And it kind of um, is similar to how Theodora was saying how when she hears the waves, she just feels like, you know, so, like peaceful. And it, it kind of goes um, back into what um, I'm thinking about when I'm in that environment and um, also in any environment that you meditate, if you are in an active place where you feel safe and peaceful and, you know, just comfortable, it's a lot easier for you to get lost in your thoughts and actually reflect um, and kind of just be present because you know what you're doing for yourself. At least for me, you you know, you're, you're bettering yourself. And um, that gives me a very warm feeling because one of my um, just goals in life is to constantly elevate and grow myself. And when I feel like I'm meditating or I'm in an environment where I'm helping myself, I just feel like I'm nurturing my soul. Yeah. And I think it's really important to, to tap into that because you're, like I said, at the start of the podcast, you are a spiritual being living a material life. So you really need to sit down and really focus on, on that part of yourself because like we're living in a material world. So it's really easy to get attached to the material. Um, but you know, that's why there's a lot of like depression, anxiety and stuff going on because we've really been focused on the material, but we haven't stepped or focused a lot on, on what really is us. And that's the spirit. Um, and that kind of like goes back to what Dylan said, like the body being a temple for the spirit. And it's, I mean, when I had that mentality shift about really focusing on the spiritual side rather than the the physical and material side, it's really done a lot for like my mental health and really helped me tap into the spiritual side of things. At least in my, my own spiritual journey, I, um, I grew up going to church and then um, I kind of deviated from it as I got older before I left home just because it wasn't something that resonated with me. And I ended up, I did end up trying mushrooms and like COVID happened. So I learned, I went down like the conspiracy rabbit hole before I went down like the spiritual rabbit hole. So like, I really learned about how the world worked before I figured out about like God, um, uh, like what, who God really is, what that energy is. And and so then like I had this idea about how the world was and it was really like dark. And I was like, oh my God, like this world is fucked up. There's people here and they're, they don't have anything, you know, they're trying to really impose their, their ideas on us and keep us back from what we're supposed to be. And it's really easy to get stuck into that. And then what really focused or what really helped me get out of that was focusing on the good and focusing on like what God can do for you. So you kind of really focus on, at least for me, like, you know, you get into nature and you see everything and, and then you cho consciously choose not to look at that kind of stuff. Um, even though, even though like conspiracies are really cool, 
um but and but what i noticed was like they're super addicting they're like drugs like you can go down the rabbit hole and you can get like addicted to the conspiracy like oh did you see patent number blah 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 and, and all this but now i don't like really pay attention to it like like yeah the chemtrails are there but i'm not gonna like get so like hooked on it and be like oh like look at these chemtrails today fuck them just like now nah, whatever i'm gonna live my life and focus on the good things and like the psychedelics really helped me get in tune with like the love and the gratitude and and then it kind of like opens your mind to change like oh i have to do this better or i need to do this this way um and i wish i had a specific example but um one thing that i learned in my most recent time was um like the concept of letting go so like we hold a lot of tension mentally spiritually physically and one thing I was like laying in the marsh and the marsh is like flowing out to the ocean. And I just spent like three hours, like laying in the marsh, like letting the water flow past me. And all I felt was just relief, like physical, mental, spiritual relief. Like my knees, I had knee surgery. I felt physical relief, like energy leaving my knees and then I felt energy like leaving my shoulders and I felt energy like leaving my heart and my head and my face and it just like I really learned how to let go and by letting go it helps you really tap into God and trust God and really when you start to be like trust God's plan uh, and what God has for you and really connect and create a sym symbiotic relationship with okay like so this is like God has my best interest in mind and I have these like ideas for what I need to become that you kind of make that harmonious relationship it's like okay this is what God wants and this is how I'm supposed to do this and like you step into your deeper purpose and and then you really begin to like focus on yourself and so that was like kind of my shebang and like that's how I started in where I'm at. Um, I don't know if anyone resonates with that to a degree. Dylan, do you want to share? It seems like you have something on your mind. No, I was just nodding in agreement, dude. I, <clears throat> I definitely can uh, relate to that letting go, you know, story you shared. Um, one thing that I learned through my experiences you know, it seems like God's constantly teaching me like every bad thing that's happened to me has been such an incredibly valuable lesson. And as far as learning to let go, um, one of the things that I learned, you know, during 2020 hit, um, we were all kind of, I mean, for me, I was in full apocalyptic mode. I left, I was living on Oahu at the time, one of the Hawaiian islands, and I knew exactly what was going on or at least I thought I did and I was like I'm getting off this island before they start enforcing vaccines and I can't go home and see my family so before anyone really even knew what was going on I just bought a ticket left the island and moved to the farmhouse in Maine and started growing my own food because I in my mind I thought they've already got us to this point what would stop them from allowing us to integrate back into society but now we understand a little more, right? And I was kind of just in panic mode. Um, but to get to the point, um, I got um, I got really sick. And I'll be totally transparent with you. I smoked a joint with someone who had hepatitis A. I, I did not know that. That was really fucked up that that happened to me. But I got incredibly sick. And to the point where weeks had gone by and I wasn't able to eat anything or 
use the bathroom or anything. And I was always under the impression that like people get sick. This is happening for a reason. I'm going to be fine. I'm not worried about anything until one day I managed to get myself out of bed and go pee. And I literally peed brown, which is like my pee is always crystal clear. You know what I'm saying? And I literally peed brown and my legs went numb when that happened. And then I got really scared and I started to get open to, you know, someone giving me advice or a form of healing. And so anyway, when I was laying face down in the driveway during a rainstorm, my mom approached me and she's like, you're not really in a position to argue with me. I'm going to take you to the hospital. And I was like, fuck it, let's go. So the hospital, you know, it was a long journey and I I won't give you all the details, but it was horrendous. And the point is I was in the hospital getting like, you know, a lot of treatment, I guess. And the guy that gave me hepatitis A, who was living off of Fruit Loops and ice cream, he just went through it and was fine. And I was like, why is someone like me who takes such great care of their body and their mind and just I'm literally gardening my own food, like I'm doing everything that I know how to do the right way. And how am I trapped in this hospital and this guy is walking around smoking meth or whatever eating fruit loops and ice cream and why why is that and i started to do a lot of research on like the spiritual um the spiritual aspect of liver failure because essentially that's what had happened when i got hepatitis a was my liver failed and so i was like what does that mean you know because like my diet is great and I exercise and I'm literally bathing in the lake and drinking clean water. And I I didn't understand it. And what I found out was one, your liver is connected to your right shoulder, which would bring me back to that story I told you earlier, you know, where my scapula got ripped off my rib cage. So that's interesting. But two, all your suppressed emotions, anger and sadness, especially are stored in the liver. And during the pandemic, I was angry. Like I was suppressing a lot of intense emotions. And so to bring it right back to where you started me off, Stephen, learning to let go. What a valuable lesson. Like to look up in the sky and see the chemtrails and be like, you know, it's easy to understand what's going on and get really angry and worked up about it. But the best thing that, I've found anyway for myself is like knowing that there's people like you, Steven, and the rest of you guys that I'm getting to know on this podcast, we're out here and we're doing good work. And it's like, we don't need to stress about every little thing because someone's working on all the things we can't work on. And all we can do is let go of it all and lead with our own purpose, you know? Yeah. Did I, did I bring that back? Okay. I feel like I was, no, that was, for a minute. that was great, dude. Um, letting there's lots of freedom in letting go um yeah that's yeah at least my opinion but um i'm under the impression that matthew has a hot take or two to share let's go yeah i got a couple of them but i think i can pick one that can kind of relate to what dylan was saying and yes the the ideal of letting go so even me before like probably like a couple months ago i believed 
And I think everybody else believes that suffering, that negative occurrences are a bad, are inherently bad. But what I've figured out is suffering is not bad. It's, it's what needs to happen for you to grow. And without the suffering, you would not grow. And so a lot of people look, you know, they, they, with their egoic mind, they judge the suff they judge the suffering, they judge the negativity when in reality that is there for you to grow, to learn. And so by letting go, by opening up to the divine, you, um, you're learning and, and it doesn't have to be suffering. It can just be labeled as learning. And mm. instead of looking at it with an egoic judge, judgmental mind, you can look at, at it as just a single path and there's no, there's no um, positive or negative. There's no polarity or duality. It's just happening. And that is really pointed out in Eastern philosophy and yin and yang. Yeah, dude, that's an amazing take. I think um, some people would find that hard to resonate with, but I think this crowd resonates with that. Um, suffering is a part of life and something that like makes you grow. Like something I wrote on my whiteboard is like diamonds form under pressure. Um, that's kind of how I've been trying to reframe stuff and like the hardships make you who you are. And I don't remember who said this on the show when we first started, but um, like, I think the lows are a mirror of the high and like, you have to go through that low point to get to the high point. I think Andrea, you said that. I did. Um, yeah, with your, with your health stuff. Um, so I think that's yeah. It's with the health, with mindset, with spirituality, with fi finances, with you know your network and your personal connection with people. Everything. Um, Can I so, add on to that? Yes, oh, please, absolutely. Were you done, bro? I'm yeah, sorry. No, I'm done. No, share, dude. One one time, someone said to me. And I thought this was so silly at the time. Um, but as I as the years went on and I was able to ponder it, I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. But uh, my cousin Nathaniel said to me one time, I think, you know, I don't remember the context of the conversation, but we were just having a heart to heart many years ago. And he said, happiness is a blue bird. And I was like, OK, dude, you know, shut up. <laughs> like, I just want to be happy. But he's like, no, man, happiness is a blue bird. And he's like it comes and goes as it pleases and you just and you observe it and you enjoy it when it's here and you don't worry about it when it's gone and that was really all he said but as the years went on and i was able to really think about that more i was thinking about what it really means to be a human in this time or a human in any time is like all these emotions we do have are just completely part of the human design. There is no such thing as 100% happy or any other emotion, right? And when I started to like really lean into that mindset, I started to understand. Oh, and, and also with what Matt was saying about like your hardest times will make something of you and, and end up being your greatest lessons, right? So I decided I want it all. Like I want all of it. I want the deepest depths of hell as well as the highest form of the high, you know, the biggest light. And I want everything in between because it's like, that's what it is being a fucking human, you know, 
Like I want to be sad and I want to understand it and I want to just sit in the shit and then I want to smile as wide as possible for no reason. And that just like really leaning into like the fact that I'm simply just here being a fucking human and I don't need to try and control my emotions or be anything for anybody. I was like, wow, that's really great. Happiness is a blue bird, you know, just be where you're at and love it. Yeah, dude, that's, that's incredible. I'm going to carry that with me um, because it's hard to detach yourself from the waves because that's how, kind of how it is. Like, you know, you can't be so caught up on the highs. Like you can't be too high on the highs, but I, I also don't think you should be too low on the lows. Like you should find that happy medium and kind of like understand that it's going to come in waves and experience it as it goes. Yeah. And like, like uh, Matthew said, like it's just happening. Right. I think we all have like a fixed expectation on how things work. Um, yeah. But and I have something um, to add on that. Yes, too. absolutely. So you know how a lot of people, I guess me, my, me, myself included, I used to attach myself to things that made me happy. And I feel like now a days, a lot of people, they're looking for happiness and they don't know where to get it from that they, they kind of just attach themselves to like people or they attach themselves to a certain um, identity or a certain like certain things that just make them feel happy um, and I feel like I've struggled with my just being always wanting to be attached to something that makes me happy um, and one thing that came to mind too that um, I remember Eric talking to me about Stephen you know Eric the one that is also doing the cleanse when I had a call with him he was basically telling me that when we when we experience certain emotions, just remember that they are energy in motion. So you receive them, but don't attach yourself to them and then just let go. Because I feel like we've been, the, the, a big theme in this call is just basically letting go. And that's something I wanted to say too, because I know it's it's easy for us as humans to want to attach ourselves to something that makes us happy when in reality, um, we ourselves get the choice to be happy. And when we feel a certain emotion that is uncomfortable or we don't want to feel, and we think about it in a different light, like a different perspective, um, we're able to find happiness in suffering. Because um, back to what Matthew was saying, suffering is not a feeling um anyone wants to feel but if you look at it in a different light and you're like okay I need to suffer in order to maybe heal to grow and then from here I can transcend and just you know jump high so um suffering feeling emotions of you know sadness anger or jealousy or anything that is a very low vibration emotion it's very important for us to realize that it is only an energy in motion and we have the um we have the opportunity to make it steer in a certain direction if that makes sense yes i resonate with what you said i think yeah we are sharing really great ideas and i feel I feel like we all can bounce these ideas off of each other and kind of build off of what each other are saying um, because it's like a high, high consciousness conversation, which is what I'm trying to facilitate and what I think that everyone's doing a great job of maintaining. Um, so, um, 
I think I want to talk about one more thing. I want another hot take from someone. Um, and it can be from anybody if someone's got something they want to share. Dylan, I know you got one. Yeah, but we also know Theodora's got one. Oh, yeah, she does. Look at this. Let's go. <laughs> um, okay, I've got I've got one. I'll just say it as like a um, so one that came to mind was, I want to hear you guys' view and opinions on this, but parents who allow or create or make their, like, make their child obese is child abuse and should suffer consequences. What are you guys' opinions or views on that? Can you it say is... that one more time, please? Yeah, sorry. It was a bit scattered. So parents who allow or make their child obese is child abuse and should suffer consequences. It is absolutely like saddening and sickening to see an obese child. It is, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's all I have to say at the moment. I, I I don't, I, okay. So I think it'd be fairly accurate to say 99% of parents love their children and want what's best for them. And with that being said, I think an obese child is just due to lack of education. Right. Um, so as far as suffering the consequences, I don't know. I don't think that parents should be, penalized for trying to make their kids happy with candy as much as they should be educated on what they're actually up to. I I can agree with that. Go ahead. No, I I was just agreeing with it. Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, I can add to that because I, I grew up in a very like low income town area um and knowing what i know now um it's it's it all comes back to lack of education cuz now when i go back home and i see parents filling their grocery carts with like fruit loops and ice cream and these chips and candy that have like red 40 or all these dyes and artificial sugars and it breaks my heart it really does cuz they don't know any better but if they did, I feel like they would they would act because they do love their child. It's just at the end of the day, a lot of low-income towns or cities or areas, they just really don't have the resources available to them. And they don't know any better. Because now, like for my my childhood experience, like I had an okay childhood experience, but knowing what I know now. I know for a fact I wouldn't feed my kids what my parents fed me. And that's because I know now. If my parents knew now, I feel like if parents knew, you know, that all these ingredients were really bad for their child and then they still acted on it, then I feel like, yeah, they should be punishable. But if they don't know any better, I feel like they shouldn't be punished just because there is that lack of education and resources available to, you know, a certain area. Yeah, I I agree. It really breaks my heart when I see that happen. 
um like when i go back home or you know just when you're around town and stuff and you see it going on um because some people don't yeah most people don't know any better and it's it's really sad because you see it happening to kids who should be given the best food and high quality foods because to support their growing bodies i mean everyone deserves to have the high quality nutrition and when you see that going on it's people are just being taken advantage of and and misled and lied to and and for for profit margins and to make us sick and when they're you know when we become sick then who do we have to rely on the people that take our money so it's people that make us sick yeah it's (laughs) fucking sad and it's disgusting um but yeah i think i think that i think i feel like that's another like reason why i'm here is like i think why i guess while all of us are here we're all involved in nutrition every single one of us like we're all stepping into our purpose of helping people get proper fucking nutrition and proper like mindset with food and learning about the atrocities that these fuckers decide that they think is okay to put in our, into our food, into our bodies, into our air, into our water, like fuck that, you know, that's why we're here. And we, you know, I think we're, we're like stepping into that and each of us are doing a great, our own things. And then we're coming here and collaborating and stuff. And I think, yeah. And there's definitely a reason why we're all here right now because we're all talking about nutrition and stuff and we're all building off these ideas and, and that's great. Like, you know, fuck these people for thinking that they can get away with taking advantage of us and the children and the families and poisoning us. Fuck them. Um, we're going to take, take everything back and even more. Um, so that's how I feel about it. I would get fired up about it, but it's nine thirty, and I'm, no, go, go, go for that, that was fine. Hold back, hold back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but fuck them. Yeah, that's what I have to say about it. There we go. Cool. Um, does anyone have parting words that they feel like they want to get off their chest? If not, I'm gonna wrap it up. <laughs> no? Yeah, dude. Okay, um, yeah, go for it. So as far as like you know, taking all the these topics and just bringing them into life, it, it all really revolves around agendas and corruption, right? Like, we're all aware of that. So bringing all this to like day to day life, it's just, I think, important for all of us and, and the audience to just simply remember that, like, we don't have to do anything we don't want to do. There are no rules there's literally no rules there's like oh wait let me think of this quote i made the other day i literally came up with this hold on the government rewards obedience but god rewards integrity that that i'll leave it at that boom that's what i have to say there you go parting words from dylan anyone else want to share before we head out I'm going to agree with uh, Dylan on that one for sure. Um, It's the system. Like, like obviously the first step to awakening is realizing that you are in prison, that you are in prison, but the door is open. So all you have to do is realize that you are in a prison and walk out. 
yeah, it's the life that was built for you. We live in a box. We drive in a box. We go to school in a box. We work in a box. We we talk to people on our box. We're consumed by our box. We eat food out of boxes. We heat up our food in our boxes. Like, get out of the box. <laughs> um, Cool. Ladies, do you want to share anything before you wrap it up? Um, I can just keep mine really simple. Yes. I would just say, listen to yourself more than society. That's okay. I'm just gonna, Sweet. Just okay. really Sweet. I love it. Andrea, you have to share now. Okay. Yes. Um, I can just share something real quick that I, I, um, I learned through a podcast that I've been listening to. Um, it's, it's like a Bible study podcast. It's called save not soft. I don't know if Theodora, you've heard of it. It's by Emily Moore. Um, basically one line that, that she said that really stuck out to me is, um, when we fantasize about a certain reality and we feed our fantasy through thoughts um, and emotions, it, it makes us more inclined to sin or to act on a temptation. So um, to tie everything together, um, I just want to say always encounter or no always um what's the word allow certain emotions and feelings to enter but don't attach yourself onto them let them be let them go and kind of just follow your own lead follow god's lead and um you are god at the end of the day as well so you have the power to change your reality so i will end it on that note perfect awesome and I'm going to end it as in let that shit fucking go. Let it be. Um, it is what it is. Something went wrong. You're struggling in some regard. Fuck it. Embrace it. Let it go. Live with it. Feel it out. Why does it feel like that? How do you think it's supposed to feel? And what would someone you look up to do in that situation? And yeah, let that shit go. But anyways, thank you guys so much for coming on today, spending an hour talking about awesome stuff. I'm glad we could get this group going. I'm going to get everyone connected in the group chat that's not there. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, everyone have a great rest of your night. Be on the lookout first Thursday of the month, this coming month. It's going to be dropping. So be on the lookout and we will... Um, be in touch about doing the next one as it comes around so everyone have a great rest of your night listeners if you got it this far thank you so much and i hope you guys enjoy this conversation we're able to sit in on this awesome philosophical talk peace everybody